Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Bless the speaking and the hearing of your word. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm sure by now uh, many of you have already been asked, how is your Christmas going? And the way you answer that, in fact, I actually got a couple of answers even just as people were walking in uh, from people. It might be going really well, or maybe uh, the party that we planned uh, has half the people are ill and can't come to it. Uh, At other times in our lives when uh, you're asked this question, you know, how is your Christmas going? Uh, Your answer depends on a lot of things, including, I would uh, guess, who's asking you the question and how much you actually want to share with them. Now, it's, it's possible that, uh, especially in this particular moment at this time, your answer might be, it's going really well. I am surrounded by people that I love. Uh, we are in the house of the Lord, singing his praises and hearing of his promises to us again in Scripture. It's going well. Uh, and yet, at the same time, I, I, the same person and definitely others of us might have different answers to that question, some struggles of things that we are experiencing. I was thinking about this in relation to Christmas trees, because we've had these trees up uh, for weeks now, and, you know, maybe when you think of, like, answering uh, what is, uh, how's my Christmas going, how's life going for me, maybe you can envision yourself as one of these beautiful trees, or maybe that gorgeous live one that's right in the welcome area, right? Life feels full, uh, it's, it's alive uh, and vibrant. It's put together. It's beautiful. Maybe that's the description that you feel would, would uh, capture your life at this time. Maybe you would instead say that it feels like this. This is a picture of our Christmas tree from last year. We tried to clean it up since then. Kind of hard to tell. We shared this with some friends last year. This was our COVID Christmas tree, as we called it at the time. And what we were doing, actually, is trying to get the attached lights that came on the tree, half of which did not work, off of the tree, all right? But you don't show people this picture of your Christmas tree. Typically, in life, the the tree that is incomplete, that is a mess, that is embarrassing, which is why, you know, when you're asked how is Christmas going or how is life going, our answers to that question almost have less to do with what our circumstances are and who it is that we're responding to. How much do we actually want to share with this person? And we're trained so often in our lives, understandably, uh, to not share too much of the mess that's going on in our lives. We don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, Sorry for those named Debbie. I don't know why that always gets tagged as the name, but uh, we don't want to be a downer about things. Uh, We definitely know that uh, people are going to be more receptive to us and and positive with us if if we're able to kind of display the good thing in our life. And so, understandably, we kind of bury this picture of our lives with other people. And especially at Christmas, this happens for us. Not because Christmas, you know, brings any new experience to our life, but only because it takes our experiences of life and turns them up to 11, right? If we are seeking and experiencing and longing for joy, it's cranked up all the, all the way. 
And if we are uh, discouraged or suffering in some way, it's hard to hide that reality from ourselves and from others. Christmas has a way of heightening this for us. And so in a lot of ways, when someone asks, how is it going for us, we don't really want to lead with maybe the thing that you only have to scratch a little bit under the surface to find out. It's actually funny to me when you think about this because, I don't know, I feel like as a default, I assume that other people's lives don't have the problem that I'm experiencing. Right? We kind of go around with this bubble thought in our head that, well, oh, if, if they knew what I was dealing with, you know what I mean, they probably got it together. And then you have that ex- ex- interaction with a close friend where you actually discover, oh, I've been struggling with that for a year and a half or something like this, right? But, but we're very hesitant to, to do this with each other, and often for good reason. But Christmas is actually about God unmasking those things and his love entering into the mess of our lives. Not that we have to present ourselves to him in any particular way, but that he comes to us in the midst of it. And the gospel story is exactly about that. I was reminded uh, when my wife and I prepared for our son to be born, we went to these uh, classes that are supposed to prepare you for the pregnancy and the birth. And uh, always some interesting characters teaching those classes with us. Our lady was really excited about the skin-to-skin moment, and her eyes would always get big about this. But So it's become a running joke in our family. But anyway, they always tell you uh, to make a plan, and then what? Prepare for that to change on you. So make your plan, and then be prepared for that not to go at all according to the way that you wanted it to. And I think about that with Joseph and Mary. I mean, we have our recurring story of them, but just as fellow human beings preparing for marriage and new life and what that's going to be like for them, what are their plans? I mean, I know Mary is not making a plan about a doula or she wants it natural or whatever. They have all, that's all set in their day, okay? They don't have any options on that. But I guarantee they were not planning to get up and leave their home where they lived in Nazareth and travel by foot, right, to their ancestral home, okay, and and be kind of in the overflow space uh, with everybody that's also been gathered there. Why? Because you're all getting taxed. Sounds great, doesn't it? It's a messy situation, and they might have their plans, but things aren't going according to those plans. And then as if that is not bad enough, the way in which God chooses to rescue his creation, to come and join us uh, in our humanity, is through this, as as Ramona just read for us, this increasingly messy situation, right? So Joseph is engaged to Mary, and then he discovers that she's pregnant. And so, this isn't going to work. Joseph says. Obviously, this is not going to work for me. And we, do, we don't know a whole lot about Joseph, but is, he is a compassionate person because he does not want to uh, make a scandal out of this. He's willing to try to find a way to do this quietly. But then God comes to him, and the, the angel tells him, this is not the scandal that you think it is. It's actually a different kind of scandal that I'm going to work out. But you can trust me that I am at work in this, and you are to marry Mary, and you are to give your son the name Jesus. 
Now, think about that for a second. I mean, it's one thing to say, all right, our lives are messy and God loves us and comes to us anyway. But here it feels like God is almost making the mess worse for Joseph and Mary. Like he's not just easing it for them, and yet he is in the midst of it with them. And God is faithful, and Joseph is faithful. He trusts God's word and goes, carries it out just the way he has been asked to do it. And you know, the angel says something fascinating to Jesus, to Joseph about Jesus, because this experience of God working in the midst of the mess is not an outlier. It's not just like, oh, well, this, it just happened this one time in this particular way. It's actually the whole ministry and life of Jesus Christ. The angel puts it this way. He says, you will name him Jesus because he has come to save his people from their sins. From their sins. Now, sin is not a popular word in our day, but it really does describe our situation. Our brokenness the ways in which we harm others and are harmed by others, the ways in which we are stuck within ourselves. We, we want to experience change in our lives, but we cannot bring it about. And the angel summarizes that. This is what God's project in Jesus Christ is all about. He is going to enter into messy lives with his unabashed love and restoration. And you can see that in any of the Gospels. I'll give you one to-do. I never give to-dos in sermons, but here's one to-do. I know you guys all have tons of free time now during Christmas. But you can crack open any one of the four Gospels. Pick a, pick a day in the week ahead or something and crack open any one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and jo- or John, and just read through the interactions that Jesus has with people. Every single one of them is a mess. Every single one of them. And Jesus goes into places where uh, people emotionally and spiritually are completely in turmoil. And he brings his presence and his love into their midst. He comes into relationships where they've been strained or broken. I always think of the woman at the well in in John 4. Like she's alienated from her community. And at the end of her interaction with Jesus, she's actually been restored and is a missionary to them. Jesus comes to people who are hurting physically, right? They, They need healing and restoration. And he enters into that and brings that restoration to them. The message of Christmas is about God entering into our messy lives with his love and bringing restoration to us in the midst of it. This is really important for us to hear because, as we said at the beginning, we don't really want people to see this part of things with us. We, we think that people will like us more if we can kind of cover those things up. And yet, what we see in God's story for us is that true love is actually born out of the mess, right? Not by avoiding it. And I think every one of us here probably can think of one person, hopefully one person in our lives that you feel you can talk to honestly about most things. I mean, I don't think any of us really want to say every single thing that we think is going on. But hopefully there's someone in your life you feel like, you know, I can talk to this person about just about anything. And that is actually a picture of what God's love is for us. Not not hiding from the reality of it, but actually comes in the midst of it. That's how love is born out for us. And so when we think about Christmas and God coming to us, this is the encouragement. In fact, that's what 1 John was talking to us about. Ramona read that scripture just before our gospel reading, that we love because he first loved us. 
right, that God's picture of love for us actually affects how we can interact with each other. And I think what John is getting at there is that when we have uh, an honest assessment of what we're experiencing in life, and we see the love that God has for us, it actually can create that sympathy for other people in our lives. This is the change agent of life in Christmas is God's love, his unabashed love for us. He sees you completely. You can't hide anything from him. And he loves you completely in Jesus Christ. And so God works by his spirit in our lives to give us little glimpses of this with each other, not only at Christmas time, but throughout our lives. I was reminded of one such kind of echo of God's perfect love in a story about Mr. Rogers. Now, I thought in all of the um, loving on Mr. Rogers that happened last year, you guys remember all of the, they had multiple movies and documentaries. I thought I had heard every single story about Mr. Rogers already, but I missed one. My friend shared it with me uh, just the other day, and I want to just end by sharing it with you as well. Apologies if you've already heard it. It's a good story anyway. So in the 70s, as Mr. Rogers was kind of coming up with his television show for the kids, uh, the Hallmark Company wanted to have special decorations, Christmas tree decorations for their flagship store in New York City. And so they asked other uh, celebrities and influencers, they didn't call them influencers at that time, but you know what we're talking about. And they asked these other people to kind of, you know, each person could have a special display of the Christmas tree. And of course, people understandably, would have these big, tall trees with tons and tons of decorations and lights and all kinds of things. And Mr. Rogers, uh, countercultural as he was, decided that his Christmas tree was going to be four feet tall. I couldn't find an actual picture of it, so I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a display here. But essentially, it would be four feet tall, which, by the way, I think that's the average height of his viewers, Right? So it'd be a four-foot-tall tree, no decorations on it at all. And the case, unlike the one that you're looking at there, was clear so that you could see the roots of the tree as well. And then at the bottom was a simple plaque. And you guys know what it said, didn't you? Don't you? I like you just the way you are. What a picture. What a, what a glimpse of God's unabashed love for us. I like you just the way you, you don't have to pretty up yourself. I don't have to sell you anything. I don't need you to get, get you to change in any way. That was the message. And that's, that's a message that he heard in the gospel and reflected in his life and in his ministry to us. And it is an echo of God's perfect love because God's message to you this Christmas again, not only that he likes you, just the way you are. He loves you, mess and all. He loves you in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.